I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, January 20th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, $250,000 is the top bid expected for a rare Canadian stamp set to go for auction this Saturday. Now, it's one of just two known remnants of the 12-penny black Canada's third ever postage stamp. Jay, you like stamps? You got a favorite stamp? You know, I thought you might ask this question, and I remember a stamp from my childhood. This predates you, but there was a movie called Brewster's Millions. Okay. With Richard Pryor and John Candy. He has to spend all this money that's given to him in order to open up a whole bunch more, but he can't have anything in return afterwards and he bought this very expensive stamp called the inverted jenny and then mailed a letter to people who were checking up on it It was a very classic scene in the 1985 movie great movie you haven't seen it so the inverted jenny is my favorite stamp you yeah i used to be when i was growing up i had a stamp collection that doesn't surprise me it's a bit of a stamp nerd myself it was actually i inherited my stamp collection so i like stamps i think they're interesting i think they're interesting representations of countries what they value their climate their environment and so i have a ton of favorite stamps i would recommend it for anybody who's in stamps, there is a Twitter page called StampsBot. And if you follow that every day, this person just posts new stamps and you can see stamps from just like around the world over the years. And it's very interesting. So I don't have like a particular, I'm not, there's not one stamp that stands out for me, but I love StampsBot and I think stamps are cool. Brett, aside from your very cool thank you stamp collection, what do we have for Peak Balance today? And no one's going to tell me otherwise, Jay. Definitely not yourself, that's for sure. For our first story, the U.S. debt ceiling. For our second story, hackers are getting professional. And for our last story, TikTok is opening up. For our first story, folks, it's about time to start talking about the U.S. debt ceiling. We can already see your Friday morning eyes rolling back in your head, but stick with us here. This stuff's important. Brett, what is going on with the debt ceiling? Well, Jay, as a former congressional staffer yourself, you would be intimately familiar with this topic. The U.S. reached the max amount of debt that it's allowed to take on, which is also called the debt ceiling yesterday, causing the U.S. Treasury to begin taking special measures to ensure the government can continue to pay off its debt, which it has a lot of. Now, Treasury Secretary James Janet Yellen has said it can only keep doing this until June before the U.S. runs the risk of defaulting on that debt. And here's why it's happening. The U.S. has a strange system where Congress sets a limit on how much debt the U.S. is allowed to have. Inevitably, the U.S. reaches that limit and Congress must raise that limit. This has happened, get this, 78 times since 1960. Surely there has to be a better way, Brett. Well, if anyone's interested in a better way, they should look up the trillion dollar coin. That's what they should look up. So Jay, like you have to imagine that these people, they would just raise it for a 79th time. You know, what difference does it make, right? (laughs) Yeah, what difference does it make? Good question. Congress hasn't been this polarized since the Civil War and Republicans who now control the House of Representatives are saying they won't approve any debt ceiling increase unless the White House promises major spending cuts, which is a vast departure from the last administration. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, but the debt ceiling was one of the reasons why it took 15 rounds of voting to elect Kevin McCarthy as the new Speaker of the House. Republican holdouts wanted confirmation from McCarthy that he would play hardball on such negotiation. As the White House reiterates that it won't cave to Republican demands, experts are worried about a long stalemate which will hurt stocks, the dollar, and U.S. citizens alike. Now, if an agreement is not reached and the U.S. defaults on its debt, the world economy will pay the price. U.S. debt and securities are viewed as some of the safest investments in the world and serve as the bedrock for the global financial system. A default would cause investment and markets to lose confidence in the U.S. shaking the entire system. It's time to mint the coin, the trillion-dollar coin chain. From your mouth to Janet Yellen's ears, but to zoom out a bit, Brett, the ripple effects of this would wreak havoc on the world markets and could potentially result in a total global recession. Here's hoping things get resolved quickly and calmly before June. 
For our second story, hacking group Lockbit has earned the title of the most prolific ransomware gang in the world, carrying out about 25% of all known ransomware attacks last year and taking responsibility for breaches of over 40 organizations across the globe this month alone. So Brett, why is this happening? So I guess it's important to talk about Lockbit for a second. They left the hoodies at home and they're putting on three-piece suits. What separates Lockbit from other hacker groups is professionalism, something I could all learn from, Jay. The group has a quote-unquote ransomware as a service business model in which it rents out its products to affiliates, offering them technical support and having senior members step in at the end to do the really hard stuff. Now, when a ransom is paid, Lockbit takes up to about 20% commission. Sounds like a pretty good business. One security researcher told the financial times, Lockbit manages themselves way better than a lot of legitimate businesses, and they take care of their PR. They focus on their product, their business, and they keep away from politics. It's not too different from the peak daily, Jay, except legal, 100% legal. Don't go looking for us. Like any good business, Lockbit has marketing campaigns offering $1,000 to anyone who gets a tattoo of the group's logo, something that I may do tomorrow, Jay. Now, they do consulting, and they even have a code of conduct. One member hacked Ontario's Sick Kids Hospital in December breaking a rule forbidding the targeting of healthcare organizations, Lockbit issued an apology and gave SickKids a free decryptor to unlock the data the member had targeted. Just great guys and girls. Who knows? It's a shadowy organization. Now, here's why it matters. Hacking groups are growing increasingly sophisticated while cybersecurity practices for most businesses and organizations, they just fail to keep up, which puts user data, vital services, and critical infrastructure at risk. There is honor among thieves. It's kind of like the wire, Brett. Yeah, if only they were giving it to the poor, a bit of a Robin Hood situation here. Someday. Brett, for our third and final story, TikTok is prepared to open its algorithms to regulators and a move that could permanently change the relationship between governments and social media giants. Yeah, so Jay, here's what's driving the news. After about two years of negotiations with the U.S. government, the same government working through the debt ceiling right now, TikTok has agreed to run its content systems through Oracle servers, allowing for third-party monitors at the Texas-based IT company to watch over the code for any signs of funny business. The proposal also includes the creation of a wholly owned subsidiary to handle U.S. user data, which Chinese nationals would be barred from working at. And it's happening because TikTok, whose parent company, ByteDance, is based in Shenzhen, China, has come under increasing scrutiny by U.S. lawmakers over concerns about the app's privacy, censorship, and its potential to be used as a propaganda tool by the Chinese government. Several bills are seeking to ban the app outright, and half of U.S. states have restricted or banned the use of TikTok on government devices. The Canadian government is concerned, too. Last month, Justin Trudeau said the Federal Cybersecurity Agency is watching TikTok very carefully. This might be a good opportunity to just plug the Peaks TikTok. Take a look. We're making lots of great videos. Now, look, here's why this all matters. TikTok's invitation to let government-approved monitors oversee its secret inner workings is an unprecedented approach to appeasing regulators. And if the U.S. agrees, it can set a new model for other governments to follow as they seek to rein in big tech. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Peak Pals. Everybody, have a good weekend. When you give me shot, wait.